Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelensky. Hi, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning into the Sheila Zelensky Show. I am still on the road, and I'm trying to get to America sometime before March 21st. I really want to talk to you about the Luke 10 School in Vista, California, that I'm going to be involved in, and so many exciting things going on in the United States, and I hope you will get out to hear the Watchmen. Folks, if you are listening to this show, please do right now go to Brighton Store. The link is up on your screen. It is also linked below, and this show today is sponsored by Brighteon. There's a link below for the Brighteon store. It's my collection, and we're adding new products daily. This is all the stuff that I've tried and I love. So please do use code Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A, code Sheila at checkout for savings, and you cannot go wrong. All Mike's products are amazing, and you know what else about Mike's products? You will notice when you go to a health food store or any other place, like, well, go around and look, folks. You cannot beat the prices, and he never outsources his materials. He gets them from the best places in the world and not China, folks. So you'll be surprised how much of your little health food stores, your friendly neighborhood health food stores, are not selling American-made products. He tries to get only the best source products. I take them. He takes them. Folks, you got to go check out brightianstore.com. Use Sheila at checkout. Anything that you buy over there, use Sheila at checkout. Well, I'm really excited, folks, to jump into the program today. And and by the way, if you are not supporting me, folks, there is many of you that eat the meat consistently of this program. And you know that this is a show that needs to be supported. I am independent. I have a few staff and folks, I'm really asking for your help to support this ministry, especially with the lateness of the hour. You know that this is a very important ministry. I don't know why it is that ministries are not supported like they should be. There is no one that does an expose like Sheila Zelensky. I defy anybody to show me anything that is anything like demon tech or dismantling the spirits behind coronavirus. I'm willing to stake my whole ministry on it. And people should be supporting this ministry. Maybe God gave you that good job and that good income so that you could do that. Folks, this is no joke. I really believe God is getting fed up with this. People eating the meat of hard work and not supporting it. I really believe that that is a really serious thing, folks. You don't work for free, and either should a really hardworking minister, who actually is one of the few that actually do tell the truth, and there is ramifications for that. Don't kid yourself. And speaking of ramifications, my guess, they threw him in federal prison for eight years for disclosing information. So don't think there's not a cost to this stuff. This is one of my truly favorite men on this planet. He's really, I could say, one of the people that really inspired me to keep going when I quit my show back in 2009. I was so frustrated. He encouraged me to keep going. He was the first interview I ever did actually over there at Republic Broadcasting and the rest is history. You know him as literally the progenitor of the truth movement. He wrote Bloodlines of the Illuminati. No one ever put a book like that together. He wrote Illuminati Formula 
be Wise as Serpents and so many other books and exposés. Somebody who I consider to be a very personal friend and an incredible researcher. And I'm really honored to call him my friend. It is the one and only Fritz Springmeyer. Fritz, welcome to the show. It is such an honor to have you back, sir. Well, thank you, Sheila. The honor's mine, and thank you for the nice words that you said there. Yeah, you know that book, The Bloodlines of Illuminati, that you referred to there. They're having a Nuremberg trials. That's not the official name of it, but people are nicknaming it the Nuremberg 2.0 trials. And on the second day, Alex Thompson referred to in his testimony, he said, you want to really know what's behind all this and going on? You should get Fritz Premier's book. <laughs> it got a little bit of international recognition there recently. Well, it should, Fritz, because here's the thing. You wrote that book at a time when it really didn't get a lot of traction. I know Alex Jones had it in his store. Uh, I know a lot of people had read it back in the 90s. And then what happened is you went to federal prison. I mean, for the new people that have no idea the absolute pits of hell that you've went through, I mean, there's got to be backlash and retaliation and retribution for putting out that to the universe. We're going to get into Folks, buckle up, because when we get into this, this is going to be an incredible show. Fritz, I mean, talk about that experience. I mean, I'm complaining that Arthur Pulowski is in jail, but you went to federal prison on trumped-up garbage for eight years, Fritz. Talk about that. <laughs> well, when I walked into my attorney's office, one of the first things he said was that they were after me because of what I'd written. So... Whatever you want to believe about me, know this, that the reason that they put so much effort in, into getting me into prison was because of what I had done as a whistleblower. The judge told the jury to find me guilty because initially they found me not guilty, but that wasn't good enough. So anyway, when the jury came back and did what they were told to do, which was find me guilty, and I was in court, it hit me like if I had been hit by a Mack truck out in the middle of the road. It, it was hard to take that I was going to be in prison. I didn't know at that time I hadn't been sentenced maybe the rest of my life. That was, it was hard, but I told myself when I went back to my cell that I was not going to allow them to change who I was. I was going to continue being the same person I am. And I maintained that. And a lot of people when I was in prison, just total strangers would come up and walk with me on the track and they'd say, you are a breath of fresh air. You're like talking with someone from the outside. And some of them would tell me, you know, you're the only person I've seen in prison that doesn't belong in prison. So, you know, God turned for good what the enemy meant for bad. And it turned out, now I can reflect back on it. And it was really good because a lot of people were trashing me before I went to prison. They're saying, oh, Springmeyer's just a shill. He's not for real. And then after I spent all those years in prison, it shut up most of those detractors. So I, I got to meet a lot of interesting people. I was only in uh, the detention center for a couple months when somebody from Hawaii now, how these people know what I'm about, I don't know, because I, I didn't really try to broadcast it at all. But he came up to me and he told me that he was the go-between between the triads and the Lee Illuminati family. Wow. And so I interviewed him. Uh, I took notes. on. I had bought some yellow pad from commissary and I took notes. And I got a lot of good notes about the dealings between the the triad secret societies and the Lee Illuminati family. But unfortunately, which my memory, I wasn't trying to remember anything. It was all down, written down there. 
a guard came by and tossed all my notes in the garbage, so I lost them all. But then I had the head of the triads in San Francisco. He was my roommate, and he chose me as his roommate because he wanted to improve his English. He was a very intelligent Chinese man. Somebody had sent me in a copy of my Bloodlines book, and I said, hey, read this and let me know what you think about the chapter on the Lee family where, where it talks about the triad family. And he read that and his eyes were really big. I knew that, you know, because he's, he's the head of the triads, he can't talk about anything. I just want to see his reaction. His reaction was, if you were there, it was just a silent reaction, basically confirming everything I had written. So he, he was like surprised that anybody had <laughs> written it all down. <laughs> <laughs> There's another crazy conspiracy theory on the fact that guess what book was on Osama bin Laden's bookshelf? What book Fritz was on Osama bin Laden when they snipered him. Yeah. Were you surprised to discover that, Fritz? I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't know if that was for real or, or that was just some way to demonize me, you know, by associating me with, with what's considered a terrorist. Um, yeah, I didn't know how to take that. One of my sources said that he was actually reading about the role in 9-11 attacks, and apparently they were carefully smuggled in to his compound. He was very interested. The number one book that he was reading, and he had it bookmarked, by the way, on Pappy Bush's shenanigans. He apparently, according to my sources, and I know some Dev Seal Team 6 boys, also he was looking at the secret teachings of the ages by Manly P. Hall, and he had a interesting hermetic, Kabbalistic, and Rosicrucian. He circled a simple and he tied that back to your book. So I find that very interesting, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that people are becoming aware of all of this. It's really important. And, you know, you and I were talking just a little bit about the royal family. And royal families in the book too and if you want me to jump into the royal yeah family, you know i'm glad you brought up the royal family because fritz the other day i was walking through a place in british columbia canada in a little mall shoppers drug mart which is a new world order absolute disgusting little pharmacia sorcery hellhole <laughs> in canada where they just broadcast all day long get your flu shot get your vax get your this get your that it's just a little bill gates mass murdering eugenesis central but shockingly and i don't I try not ever to go in there, but I actually was looking for a specific cord, which was shocking is I went by the counter and there, you know, Fritz, that every single, whether it's Time Life, Time Warner, People Magazine, every picture is of the Queen and Prince Charles get into this demonic high level family for us. Yes, exactly. They are a de demonic high level family. If we look at their roots, they were originally known as the House of Soxie Coburn. Now, I know directly from kingpins and people who came out of the Illuminati that House of Soxie Coburn is 100%. I mean, they, there's no doubts in my mind. They are for sure an Illuminati bloodline. And then King George V in 1917, because there was a lot of animosity towards the Germans during World War One, he decided it would be prudent to change the name, the House of Soxie Coburg, to Windsor, 
you know, and then sometime like circa 1947, they changed it to uh, their surname to Mountbatten uh, Windsor. But as you know, royalty typically in in Great Britain has just gone by their first name, you know, George V or Edward VII or Henry III or whatever. They don't use a surname. If they need to, they can use Mountbatten Windsor which is innocuous. It doesn't tie them back to the House of Saxe Coburg, which is Illuminati. But I also, in my Bloodlines book, the tying two of these these topics together, because back in 1991, when I started working with people that I was trying to help get out of the Illuminati, and they were telling me that the royal family was Illuminati, you know, so I'm curious about their bloodline. And so the genealogy research showed that they went back to Vlad the Impaler. His other name was Count Dracula. When I came out and said that the royal family was were descendants of Count Dracula, there were people come out of the woodwork and go, Oh, Fritz, you're so stupid. Count Dracula is just a Hollywood fictional character. Man, another history. There was a real Count Dracula. And he was an impaler, you know. He was very bloodthirsty. So when I came out with that, genealogy and connected them nobody knew it you know but then for some strange reason after it got became public prince charles started associating himself with that lineage he started publicly saying yeah i'm i'm from vlad the impaler and he got a couple castles over in romania and then the romanians being cash short decided you know hey this is good business we will play up the fact that prince charles has a couple castles here so we can get more tourist industry. So there's a whole chain reaction there. But they are also related to the Merovingians. Your Justin Trudeau is too, you know, through the Sinclairs. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, sticking with the royal family. Royal family is deep into pedophilia. I recently reposted an article I had done a number of years ago where I talked about Jimmy Seville, who was the mentor of Charles, and Jimmy Seville provided the royal family and the prime minister and all these people with children. He was given access to these children's homes, orphanages and whatnot. He worked through the island of Jersey. You're probably familiar with the Channel Islands. Channel Islands the way it works is this is kind of a strange. People think, well, the Channel Islands are dependencies of the United Kingdom. It's really the other, technically the other way around. They were domains of William the Conqueror who came from Normandy. And then when he conquered uh, England, why they were part of the his original land. And then England was conquered by him, as you know, through the Battle of Hastings, etc., and then he lost his, his Normandy holdings, but he didn't lose those Channel Islands, Guernsey, Jersey, which we get some cows. The Jersey cows, Guernsey cows come from those islands. And then in World War II, the Germans conquered the Channel Islands, and then they left in 1945, but they left their spy network intact. And that spy work network has continued to work for the underground of Germany, all even to today. They're still functioning. And the reason why is, is Jersey is where they, because it's offshore, they do all these illegal financial transactions through Jersey. So that's why the Jersey Islands was important to to, to dirty Germans as well as dirty British uh, politicians. 
And Seville was working through Jersey Island to provide boys to like the prime minister of England. Uh, but he was providing them also for the royal family who's, who does satanic rituals. I mean, these people are nasty people. And for the last 1300 years, it's been treason to say anything negative about the royal family. So, you know, of course, they're very popular. <laughs> you, you lost your head for, for centuries if you made a joke about the king or queen. People have been conditioned to love the royal family. And uh, I have lived and, and traveled in Canada some. And I know that the Canadians, more than the Americans, are fascinated by the royal family. That's maybe one reason why they have so much. Because, you know, it's not so much here like what you were describing in the store. Um, you're not going to see that here in the United States so much because they're not uh, such a... Uh, the pageantry of the royal family is not so interesting to Americans. I mean, we fought against the British crown in our revolution. And even though they still secretly maintain lots of power in their former colonies and, and the British, if you go to, to England today, some of the, the aristocrats still refer to us as the colonies. <laughs> they still haven't mentally accepted that, <laughs> that we, we gained some kind of independence. Totally we really intense. didn't, though, did we? Because even, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned the Queen and Justin Trudeau. And Pierre Trudeau, by the way, made it trendy for it to butcher your baby in 1969 before Roe versus Wade. He implemented bestiality, all sorts of frightening legislation. And my grandfather, the great Bruce Patterson, who stormed the beaches of Normandy, actually, those old veterans, the greatest generation, used to call them communist son of a beeps. And they, <laughs> they Pierre Trudeau, Fritz, was a card-carrying communist who loved Vladimir Lenin and Stalin and Hitler's socialism, which wasn't really a Bolshevik socialism. But let's tie this in because it's really important what you just said. Canada is still technically under, although a wonderful chart of rights and freedoms we have, it's still tied under the British monarchy. And the Queen actually has the final, the Royal Ascension has the final say. How creepy is that that I'm in British Columbia? That ought to be your first clue. Ooh. Yeah. Now, doesn't she still um, appoint the governor general and she does um, absolutely yes yeah and um when my wife who's who's a canadian went to school her loan was through she'd have to tell it i don't remember exactly but it was connected to the royal house so yeah they there's an undercurrent of power there but they she owns a lot of land she even owns land here in the united states and a lot of people don't realize that during our cowboy and Indian days, our cowboy days, a lot of British aristocrats came over with, because they had the money to do it and established as ranches in the United States. So there's been a lot of financial dealings with that upper crust of the, of the British. And um, yeah, Justin Trudeau, and you probably have heard this just, just as I, I'm not probably telling you anything. In fact, I'm a little queasy talking about Canada because, you know, I'm an American. So even though I know some things about Canada, I, I tend to have the feeling like Canadians that are listening are going to go, well, what right does he have to say anything about our country? You know, he's not even a Canadian. Eh? So I saw what you did there, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that might be true to some degree. I mean, have a little patience with me if I speak about your country. I don't mean to diss it or anything. Canada is full of a lot of wonderful people. And we saw that wonderful truck convoy that was standing up for freedom. Yay, 
thanks Canada for standing up and showing the world. But uh, there's the, the seedy side of things too, unfortunately, which is why we got this problem going on. This is the reason why you had to have a truck convoy is you got someone like Justin Trudeau, you know, in there. Uh, and um, it, it's said, and I wasn't there, I, I can't validate this for sure, but, but it said, some people say, and they feel very confident, that his mother had an affair with Castro. It's one of the early Spanish aristocratic families. It means castle. Um, and you, I know because I worked with, I, I worked with one gentleman years ago. We opened up our house to anybody who wanted help from Illuminati mind control. And this, this man from the aristocracy of Spain came and spent some months with us to deal with this mind control. So the aristocracy of Spain um, I know this from several different people. Uh, they are involved in the Illuminati mind control. So that Castro comes from this ancient, important aristocracy. And, and I don't know the exact, exact details, but I know how they intermarry. I'm sure that it goes back to black nobility, probably somewhere back in there ties in with the tribe of Dan or something. So Castro, Castro's father who came from Spain, his mother came from the Canary Islands, which is another story. But anyway, I would, if I was a betting person, say that he has important blood that goes clear back to black nobility in Italy, goes back to the tribe of Dan. I would, I would imagine that. But at least he's, he's Spanish aristocracy. And um, so he's not a, he's not, Castro's not a nobody. He's certainly very intelligent. I mean, you look at what he accomplished. He overthrew the Batista government with like 800 rebels and Batista had like 30,000 troops. He, he's pretty smart. And from what I can tell, Justin Trudeau, even though he doesn't really have any credentials to be heading up Canada is smart too, although he's a little weird. He's a little more than weird. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I think he's probably uh, one of those mind control slaves that you've dealt with. And I really believe that yeah. he's just a little program multiple. Yeah. 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 Probably. Uh, what's interesting is, is he went to McGill university and why McGill university jumped out at me was that that's where you and Cameron did his MK Ultra experiment where they did a lot of programming of mind-controlled slaves. And so that would be an ideal place, I guess, for Justin Trudeau to go and be involved probably in all that mind control. So yeah, that, that that's in Montreal. Yeah, and so Justin Trudeau from the other side, from his mom's side, has Sinclair blood. And Sinclair is like uh, Merovingian. And the Merovingians, that's the holy dynasty of the Illuminati. You can't uh, get more significant than that. It's weird, I'm using that, overusing that word, sorry, but uh, strange, uh, that the Illuminati actually believe that the Merovingians are descended from not only Jesus, that's what one reason that they're the holy bloodline, but also Lucifer, Lucifer and Jesus being, being brothers. Um, I'm just talking about their belief. Yeah, go ahead. No, but it's really fascinating because when you talk about the Merovingians, um, Prince Charles has participated in satanic rituals, has druids at his installation. I mean, he is one <laughs> yeah. Freemasonic. He travels all over the world. 
behind the scenes meetings. You just mentioned the uh, really weird thing you did recently at the COP meeting, the devilish United Nations meeting, talking about we need an antichrist to come on the scene. That's really creepy. He travels all over. The Order, the Garter, the Satanic Aristocratic Knights of the Illuminati control the... I mean, this sounds like a science fiction, but he's received power from demonic spirits. We're talking about Goat's Lake in Scotland, where he just made that announcement. Isn't that weird? Yeah, he's he's got a dark side to him. And that's what that article that I was referring to that I wrote um, that was recently up on my Facebook page was talking about how Jim, Jimmy Seville was his mentor and and providing uh, young boys for him. I mean, they were, he was really good friends with the Queens. And this is a known absolute serial pedophile, even a Satanist, a pedophile, a Luciferian. I mean, this guy was straight out of the pits of hell, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a member of the Process Church. And the Process Church had um, some of our, our very famous serial killers, Manson, several of these uh, serial killers. They have been uh, members of the process church which Jim, jimmy spill was and their east coast headquarters was at a rothschild mansion and the rothschilds are very buddy buddies have been for a long time with the royal family so if you understand what the rothschilds are and you understand how close the house of windsor prince charles is with the rothschild probably a lot of our listeners know uh Prince Charles was at the World Economic Forum's Davos thing. Well, you know, Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset and how they got this green agenda, which you have exposed. And they want this sustainable agenda, equitable. These are their buzzwords, you know, fourth industrial revolution means turning people into cyborgs <laughs> and and then their stakeholder economy, which is just <laughs> communism under a different word. You know, Van Dyne, who's head, he's been part of that uh, Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum too. He's He's gone to it. And so he's using his, what's the word I'm trying to look for? His, because he's a spokesman that has world, uh, is world renowned. Prince Charles is using his name and his authority to help push or legitimize this great reset that they're wanting to do. So, you know, not only would I be disgusted at what they're doing with the children, like these these children that J Jimmy Seville provided for the prime minister and so forth out of the Jersey Island home, a boy's home, um, they had to be they had to be killed because they were like 14-year-olds. They go on board this yacht of the prime minister. And, of course, they're going to they're gonna recognize who buggered them immediately. So these kind of situations, it's a one-way trip for those kind of boys. So a lot of the, the children that have been buggered by these people, they lose their lives after they get raped. Because these are people that, um, they, they know that the boys will recognize who, who did this to them. So one-way trip form anyway these are the kind of people that are trying to bring in this world order they said that it started last year the new world order started in 2021 so we're into it welcome to the world order people i hope you're enjoying it 
But really, it's it's a total disaster for us that are normal humans because they're just wanting to genocide us. They want to get us out of the way so that they can bring in better things, you know, cyborg slaves. When you say cyborg slaves, I want to jump into something you wrote. And by the way, I'll give you the page number as I'm looking at this page 408 <laughs> on the bloodlines of the Illuminati, folks. And this is a must-get book. And Fritz will give it out where you can get it at the end of the show. But the Morinian skull of one of the bloodline kings preserved in a Catholic monastery at some place in Belgium. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that, because below is an oath to Satan written in blood by an aristocrat to give you, uh, it says, my body, my soul, and my life is as holding it from you, having dedicated it forever without any will to repent. This document is kept in the French Bibliothèque Nationale, Fonds Francais, on page 408 up on the screen. But Fritz, I mean, this is really as deeply satanic. We're, I mean, forget Aleister Crowley. We're talking really high-level black order, black flame. We're talking pretty serious sickos, hey? Yeah, yeah. It, it's There's different ways to approach all of this um, at looking at it. If you... Um, uh, one way of looking at it is is your morality... Your theology is going to follow your morality. So... If you are controlling a nation and you're like the queen bee and everything that the ant colony or the bee uh, hive is doing is for you and they are just worker bees or worker ants that mean nothing to you, which is the way these royalty think of us, well, then you have to have a theology that buttresses your the way you act. So even if they hadn't started out to be satanic, I would imagine that they would have to adopt a satanic theology to justify the way they they treat all of us like a, little, like a bunch of little ants. But yeah, they, for a long time, for centuries, these European aristocrats have been giving their lives oaths to Satan. You know, people that I brought out of the Illuminati, one of the things that we had to do, I mean, I know, Sheila, you you get involved in spiritual warfare, one of the things that we have to do with cleaning these people up is getting them to renounce their oaths. And of course, that makes them more vulnerable to being killed um, because the way the Illuminati looks at things is, is these people gave oaths, you know, oaths of allegiance on gruesome death, and they're now violating those oaths, so now we have to take care of them. Um, the one blessing that I had in trying to bring these people out of the Illuminati is because they had been subjected to the Illuminati's total mind control. They had had their mind shattered, and they were programmed multiple personality. And the Illuminati really didn't think that I could beat them. So if they had really right at the start thought, oh, he's actually going to defeat us or defeat this mind control, they probably would have killed the people I was trying to help immediately. But they didn't because they were convinced that in the long run they would win, I would lose. It's pretty nuts there. There's a movie, Enemy of the State. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if your listeners have seen it. But if you ever do or have seen it, that's the way my life was for years. It was absolutely wow. nuts. They I just were... watched it two nights ago. Weird. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. What yeah they, were, they were following my car. It was obvious. I mean, I didn't go anywhere without being tag team followed. I mean, it was nuts. And then... The house next door sold, and guess who, who bought it? It was this retired CIA guy. So then we go over to meet him, and um, right across from Cisco's room, he had a room, and he pulled the curtains 
apart. He painted the, the room blood red, and he had a light on there, and, a, and I never saw him ever use the room. But it was just weird that he left this light on with the blood red walls. And then when we went over to meet him, he took us and said he wanted to, us to see his pets. And he had this pet boa, this huge snake that he showed us. And he said, now, I don't want you to worry. Uh, he likes to go through plumbing. So if you're on the toilet, don't be surprised if maybe someday he pokes his head up through the... Oh, toilet. Mike, I would never go to the washroom again at your house. <laughs> what kind of a snake was it? What kind of a it's serpentine? A constrictor, this oh, huge thing. Gross. And then he had his other pets were spiders. So... I don't know. This was the guy that moved in next to us. So anyway, I literally lived enemy of the state for a number of years. But then when I went to prison, it's like they relax and go, okay, we've got enough hide. We've taken enough hide out of this guy. You know, we can relax. Uh, his reputation has been totally tarnished and we don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> Well, now that we're in a situation with Russia, one of the fascinating things I was just looking at the other day, and I found this so interesting in your book, again, I'll refer back to it, is you on your contents page says this interesting statement, and I will read this out to you. It says, the Russian connection, a special insert when you go through the Astor, the Bundy, the Collins, the DuPont, the, all the families at Rockefeller, Rothschild, and then you go Russian connection. And on page 365, I thought it was so interesting how what you know a lot about World War One, World War Two. Talk to the people right now that don't understand what these high-level hucksters are doing launching this war now, right now. Talk about that and then talk yeah. about Russia. Well, let's go back and talk about the Cold War. The Cold War was planned. I mean, the way they ended World War II was designed to throw us into another war. But, of course, the world was tired of war, so it was a Cold War. It wasn't a shooting war. Although it exhibited itself in lots of small, minor wars like Angola, Vietnam, Korea. So there was actual shooting during the Cold War, but, but the major powers, United States and, and Russia, didn't beat their heads against each other in an actual fighting war, um, although they shot down, they played cat and mouse and stuff. But anyway, that was a fake war at the top. And like Van Dyne, so one of the women I helped get out of the Illuminati, she was from the Van Dyne family. And she talked to me, she said, there's a very important Van Dyne who's on Cyprus, and he's the head of six different intelligence agencies. Well, that was the current head of the Illuminati now. He inherited it in, was it 2005? His name's William. His dad was Cornelius. Um, anyway, one of the things that he did, I'm going somewhere with this. One of the things he did at his level is they would have periodically, I don't remember what it was, I think every year, they would actually have the heads of the Soviet Union and NATO and United States meet in a secret meeting where they would go over their agenda. And, and so it was all fake at the very top. But for all the rest of the world, the Cold War was real. So this whole thing about the Iron Curtain falling and everything was planned. So if we look at Putin, Putin's been, like Hitler, he's been uh, standing up to the oligarchs, the, the banksters, whatever. You know, Hitler said, you know, I'm going to stand up against the Jewish Masonic conspiracy. A lot of people don't realize, because it's covered up, that Japan 
not just Germany, but Japan was against the Jewish Masonic conspiracy before World War II. So they were telling their people, we are fighting against this Jewish Masonic conspiracy. You don't hear that nowadays, but that's what they were telling their people. So Putin is standing up to the New World Order. He's cleaning house over there in the Ukraine from his perspective. But you have to always realize that at the very, very top, that all of this is a script. It's manipulated. There are organizations over there in Moscow that have a lot of influence in how they put together what they're going to do. And they're the equivalent of Council of Foreign Relations and the organization that uh, other organizations, elite organizations that we have here. And my dad, who wasn't really, my dad was a conservative, but he wasn't really, you know, he even went to my Prophecy Club talk, uh, which surprised me. He couldn't swallow the red pill. Although he was conservative, you know, he was the type of conservative that would listen to Rush Limbaugh. Not Alex Jones, but Rush Limbaugh. He made a career of going to third world countries to develop their agriculture. He actually went over to a couple of the ex-Russian republics. Well, who was he going over working for? My dad worked for the United Nations. He could have learned a lot from me, but you have to realize, you know, a lot of fathers don't want to be upstaged by their sons, and they don't want to acknowledge their son's credentials or what their son's done. So my father, my dad was never supportive of what I did. I was a track star, you know, you would have thought that he had been proud that I was winning gold medals and think no. You would have thought that he would have been proud of me that I, I went to West Point, no. My dad grew up on a farm south of Counts Grove, Kansas, on a creek called Four Mile Creek. My great-grandfather had escaped Germany before World War One because he was prescient enough to realize Europe was going to get into a, a major war. While everybody else was thinking we're going to have peace and prosperity, he thought, I better get out of here before this thing breaks out. And he got himself smuggled out to the Netherlands and got on a ship in Amsterdam and came to the United States and started a farm in Kansas, in eastern Kansas. So my dad grew up there, and a few miles away from him was a family called the Shields family. And they were into Freemasonry. They, my dad's dad, my grandfather, they admired the Shields family. Well, this is so typical of the way these Masonic families are, is they're prominent, and everybody loves them. The Shields were big farmers in the area. Um, when my dad remarried, my biological mom died. He married one of the Shields gals, and so it was like a dream come true for him, you know, because in his eyes, the Shields family was a name brand item of great quality to get a shield. She was a Masonic family. She was into Freemasonry too. So this is what I was up against. My own family is on the other side. So I was really surprised that he came to two of my Prophecy Club meetings and they sat there and watched me expose Freemasonry with tight lips. They never said a word. They sat there and endured it. <laughs> I don't know how they managed to sit through my Prophecy Club talk because you, if you've seen it, which you have, I, I expose Freemasonry and what they're all about. So he had a chance to learn the truth. Why he came, I don't know. Curious what I was doing, I don't know. You know, as Christ said, you know, we have to watch out for members of our own family. I'm sure that if they had the opportunity and they were still alive, they both died. If they had the opportunity in the future and were alive, they would probably turn me in. But 
hey, that's what I was up against. So people think that I got family support. No, there were a few members in my family that are awake and they're very supportive of me. But by and large, my family's against me. They even talk bad things about me behind my back. I've never said that publicly before, but my true family is my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it really makes no difference to me where some of these blood relatives are. I have some relatives that are awake and supportive, but by and large, my family thinks I'm out in left field, lost, and some of them won't even talk to me. Wow, can I relate to that? And I think a lot of people can. Well, where I want to jump in now is, Fritz, talk about Cisco Wheeler. For people that don't know who Cisco Wheeler was and get into that, how you helped her come out of that Illuminati programming. Working with Cisco Wheeler, that's really interesting story because I felt a calling from God to expose all this and I'd done thousands of hours of research into Illuminati. A friend of mine who knew that I had done all this research and was writing the Be Wise as Serpents book walked by a group of women that and he overheard them say the word Illuminati, turned around, he, being a people person, he said, hey, if you're interested in Illuminati, you got to meet my friend Fritz Springmeyer. Well, it turned out they were a team in the Illuminati that were, through a lot of miracles and other things, were trying to get out of the Illuminati. So I came into their life and started trying to help them. So it was a great thing for me because I had been looking at the Illuminati from the outside in. But now that I could work with these people, I could look at it from the inside out. And one of the first things I did in our initial meeting is I had printed out the names of top Illuminati bloodlines because I knew from other sources that there were 13, but I didn't know exactly what their names were. So I printed out top families like Rothschild, Rockefeller, some of these. I had a list there. And I said, would you circle the top ones, the top 13 for me? And they did, but there were a few names that I had not realized like the Van Dyne. And then one of the ladies was a Van Dyne. So I came back and went over to her house and spent an afternoon with her. And I was like, man, I've never heard of this family. Are you sure that this is right? He said, yes. Here's where I was initiated. And when I was initiated, they wanted to make sure that I voluntarily... See, some of the Illuminati bloodlines, they just mind control their slaves into being members. But the Van Dynes, they want their people to voluntarily. So she was not under mind control when she took her, her oaths and initiations to get into the Mother of Darkness. She said, yeah, I know very clearly because I was not under mind control when I did my initiation ceremony. It was a pacifying arch near the San Francisco Bridge. In the Bloodlines book, I show a picture of that, and that's where she was initiated. And since then, a lot of other evidence has come in. I've taken a lot of heat for putting the Van Dyne family into the Bloodlines book. I've been ridiculed, but on the other hand, I've had like this one therapist that was working with program multiples in California. She called me up. She got my phone number, and she said, I'm so grateful that you put that in because I've never heard their name anywhere else, and I have a client that's a Van Dyne, and this was such validation for my client. You know, it's legit, but I've taken a lot of heat. Yeah, the book didn't get the recognition it should have to start with, but it's 
it's had its impact. And, um, you know, I, I had in there a genealogy chart showing how American presidents are closely related. And that didn't get any publicity. They've given other people publicity for doing something similar years later. But they're not going to give me any publicity. They're going to ignore me. <laughs> Send me to prison and ignore me. That's the best way to deal with people like me is ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Unfortunately, that is a sad case, but you sure know you're over the target when you get thrown into federal prison for eight years on trumped up charges, and then they just ignore you. And so much persecution came after this book. And I want to talk about people getting this book, Fritz. I know it's uh, really tough to find right now, if you can even get it. Get into how people can purchase your books right now, Fritz. Give out your information and how they can follow you. Well, they can go to my website, Pintracks.com. But I have to warn you, whoever wants to purchase any of these books, they're going to have to expect to wait a long time. I'm having supply chain problems. The uh, small business that was producing my books, they're not producing the books for me like I would like. And so I'm back-ordered on everything, terribly back-ordered. And I'm sorry about that. The best that people can do is, is just order the books and have patience or, you know, maybe you can pay extra bucks or risk getting a copy that's not a genuine copy by going some other route. Um, but Pintracks.com, that's my website. It's P-E-N-T-R-A-C-K-S.com. Well, Fritz, I'm such a big, huge fan. You're such a longtime oh. friend. I really want to thank you for something you said on air years ago. You said, I was going to throw in the towel so many times and back in the day that I could start a Chinese laundry. And you said <laughs> something. I want to remind you of what you said. You said, Sheila, if you're not doing your calling, you will never feel good about yourself. And that actually encouraged mm -hmm. me to stay in it back on our show in 2010, which, by the way, we delve deep into the Illuminati huckster there, the Freemason and Charles Taz Russell, the Mormons, and the <laughs> Kingdom Hall, which, by the way, is like the Kingdom Lodge. And we'll link that show below. It was so good. But thank you for encouraging me over a decade ago to stay with it, Fritz, because I think I was going to quit that day, and you encouraged me. So thank you, my friend. Oh, Sheila. You've been so busy and so active, and thank you for all that you've done. Thank you, Fritz. That means a lot. Folks, get Fritz's books, especially Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Get a lot of notebooks and a lot of highlighters and go through it. There is some incredible information. And make sure you get Be Wise as Serpents. Thank you, Fritz, for everything you've done. We'll link your Facebook page as well, Fritz. Do you still write blogs or do you share mostly? Like, How can folks really follow you, Fritz? I'm on Facebook. A couple of times I've tried to go to other social media, but it hasn't worked out. Like I tried to go to Gab, but they have a character limit that doesn't allow me to write articles. So you can read my hard-hitting articles that expose things and encourage people in their Christian walk, encourage people through these difficult times. And almost every day the last two, three months, I've written an article. So that's how people can follow me. I know you were running out of time, so... I can't wait to have you back for sort of a part yeah. two. Just, I'm really wanting to talk to you more about the Mandela effect that's popping up again for the third time in five years. Yes, Lord willing, let's do another. Sounds good, Fritz. Folks, that was the amazing one and only Fritz Springmeyer. His information is linked below. And I also really want to read an article that actually Fritz just did. And a lot of people are asking me, well, Sheila, what's going on here? 
and nobody has really better understanding than Fritz Springmeier when it comes to this situation in Ukraine. And so I want to read this. I also did send this out in our email. I send out a weekly article and a lot of upcoming guests, great shows. I link everything. Make sure you're subscribed over there. And also, it's really important that you subscribe to the Sheila Zelensky show on Telegram and make sure that you're subscribed to me on Brighteon as uh, you know what the absolute censorship is like. So I want to read this article that Fritz wrote specifically for my audience. So here we go. Understanding the War in Ukraine by Fritz Springmeier, written March 5th. Watching MSM, which is one-sided propaganda thanks to its Illuminati owners, BlackRock, as well as Vanguard, shows me the need for someone informed to write a neutral and partisan article. This article is for you if you're interested in this war, the facts, not the propaganda. Russia began this war with what reminded me of Germany's 1939 blitzkrieg against Poland. After the first day, things began to unravel. We'll get back to the action in a minute. What are some of the strengths and weaknesses of the two sides? The Ukraine military on paper looks formidable and has shifted to a flexible brigade structure that would assist mobility in battle, yet its ability to wage battle with the better equipped large Russian military is weak. To counterbalance the odds, the Ukrainian government has called up all males up to six years old and with NATO's assistance is issuing them weapons including stingers to fight aircraft and weapons to destroy armor-like javelin missiles. Ukraine also asked friendly nations for Soviet-made warplanes which their pilots know but the request didn't fly. They only got one of their Su-27s back from Romania. The Illuminati have academy snipers in country fighting with the Ukrainian there are also other foreign volunteers. The Ukrainian military is being resupplied by 18 nations and NATO, let's not forget. While Ukraine will fight Russia, and they have in the past against all odds, there will be little benefit for the Ukraine, nor Russia, nor NATO, to actually engage in war. Russia is a tough, big bear. Lots of saber rattling over the years, right? The Spetsnaz troops fight hard and fast. Ukraine has some too called the Alpha Group. If they have to, Russia will use brute force, like in Chechnya. Historically, the Russian military has been, relative to the United States of America, weak on logistics, weak on communication, and weak actually letting the rank and file know what's going on. So a quick, short war is actually to their advantage. The longer it drags on, the more things can unravel. Apparently, the Russians did not expect to encounter such hard opposition. Their assault on Kiev's airport and afterwards the capital itself by paratroopers was counterattacked and thrown back. Of their five-pronged invasion to split the Ukraine, defenders up in Blitzkrieg, only the two southern prongs are moving easily. It appears the Russian generals thought they could just follow the steps of Blitzkrieg and roll over the opposition. First came surprise with something like 160 missiles launched at key targets, then capturing airspace, then sending in the shock assault troops. Now that we've seen the technical side of the fighting, why is this war occurring? Let's talk about the insightful overview into the international scene in Ukraine. Now, the elite who studied geopolitics and its economic ramifications have been writing books and papers for the last 30, 40 years on how Ukraine would become a buffer between the EU and Russia and that its stability was important for the EU and NATO's security. In the case of this war, 
It has taken two sides to get a senseless fight going. Some of you listeners will appreciate Fritz's knowledge of the cabal at the top who manipulates world events. So from the elite's perspective, it's a contrived script with a pre-planned outcome. That's not conjecture. That is a fact. The fact that it was pre-planned doesn't reduce its reality for the common man who will suffer its widespread consequences. Granted, people are resilient and they figure out ways to redeem suffering, but considering all the negative consequences for humanity, this war is senseless. There are brilliant thinkers on both sides, but one can't help but think of how the Bible says the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. If people had not been so small-minded, a peaceful win-win outcome could have been achieved. Think about the historical perspectives and triggers. The elite have studied the issues between nations and what they value in depth. Their dramas incorporate into their scripts the manipulation of actual existing ways of thinking, called those triggers. For instance, let's take a look at January 2020. Kazakhstan was a failed Soros color revolution designed to poke the bear. So it's important to gain an appreciation for the deep-seated ideas that motivate people in the area. While the Ukraine is intimately related to Russia, it has its own identity. You have to go back to the beginning because originally Russia settled the area in the Kievan Rus. And the antecedent to the Sardom of Russia was established. But in the 1300s, Russia lost control over the Ukraine and did not completely regain it for about 500 years. So for most of its history, it was ruled by non-Russians. The Ukraine has also had a history as a proud independent nation. It was one of the founding nations of the USSR in 1922, but its independence was lost to the USSR, which then promoted Russia and things Russian. If you want to get a Ukrainian angry, call him a Russian. Now, let's look at how World War II fits in with this. Many Ukrainians served with the Nazi army, some in hopes to regain Ukrainian independence from the USSR. When the Russians pushed the invading German army out of the Ukraine in 1944, the Ukrainians began a war to capture their nation from the Russians. While greatly outclassed, they continue vainly fighting for independence for about five more years. The western provinces of the Ukraine are anti-Russian and pro-European. Ukrainians were outraged at the USSR's blunders with the Chernobyl nuclear plant in the Ukraine that did so much damage to their land. The Ukraine is considered the largest nation in Europe, and while it has been denied union with the EU and NATO, its military has been having joint training ops with NATO. Both sides in this war have legitimate grievances, and we can't enumerate them all, but the corrupt leaders have been using Ukraine to further their corruption. When a new pro-West government came in, power revoked the legal status for Russians. Violence in the streets began and left over 90 protesters dead. Russia responded how? By semi-covertly sending in its military to seize the Crimea, the most southern part of the nation. The Ukraine gave up the Crimea without a fight. The Crimea part of the Ukraine but now under Russia, is a large peninsula on the Black Sea and is based the important Russian Black Sea fleet. A treaty with the Ukraine, good until 2035, gives naval bases to the Russians on the Crimea. So how does all this fit together? Well, let's think about this. We have a nation with polarized, divided loyalties and a Russian government, which is extremely sensitive to anything that goes on in the Ukraine. There's strong feelings on both sides, in other words. There's a lot of economic factors too because the EU under Illuminati leadership intends to economically exploit the Ukraine. 
And interestingly, the new pro-West government has the support of the Ukraine's many billionaires. So it's kind of a new world order type government. Russia runs a number of pipelines through the Ukraine into Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary. They could even be extended fully into Germany and Italy. Russia can stop its gas oil to the Ukraine as well as to the eastern provinces, as well as to the eastern Europeans. Bear in mind, 80% of Russia's gas exports were to the EU. Some European nations like Poland and Bulgaria are totally dependent on Russia. So what we have here is a struggle between the EU and Russia. Some observers see the world stepping into World War III. Conclusion is what you are watching, folks, is a worldly power struggle that was conceived and scripted a long time ago and is now being staged for our attention. The pandemic, the scamdemic narrative is failing. Don't forget about Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. That is what they want to bring in, folks. Build back better, is it? No, build back bankrupt. It's economical suicide, folks. And that is why gas prices are soaring. They are trying to pull all the pins on the Great Reset. And really, when you look at Russia and Ukraine, the tensions between the different players are rooted in centuries-old animosities. But, folks, this is all kabuki theater going on right now and the new world order will use whoever it needs to because remember out of chaos comes order and that is what they want a new world order listen we are listeners supported and we appreciate your partnership now more than ever remember we've made multiple options that are easy and convenient over there at sheilazelinski.com folks get behind this ministry and don't forget to check out Friday's live stream this Friday. Last week we missed. We had some troubles with equipment and I just ordered a new mic and I know I want to apologize for my sound lately. We're working on it, folks. Okay, we'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.